0: What a day and what a series of matches and standing out amongst them all was the clash between Rafa Nadal and Nick Kyrgios which was gripping, tense and mesmerizing and we certainly will be talking about the highs and incredible moments of their ninth career meeting hello and welcome to the 13th episode of the tennis paradise podcast the bnp paribas open continues to shine in the california desert with the indian wells tennis garden producing an atmosphere that easily envelops everyone my name is craig gabriel i'm very happy to be your host and just as delighted to have my two colleagues jill Krebas and nick mccarville joining me to wrap up the day's play on thursday and look ahead to the action on friday Thursday was a treat, Friday promises to be fantastic. It's right now that I want to bring in Jill to talk about Maria Sakkari's win over Elena Rabakina, then defending champion Paula Badosa's victory over Veronica Kudumetova, that popcorn match of the day, Nadal v Kyrgios, and then the amazing 18-year-old Spaniard Carlos Alcaraz ending the reign of the title holder Cam Norrie. Jill, you were courtside reporting for Bank of the West radio with Nick and myself in the commentary booth during that nadal Curios match.
1: And I was, thanks Craig, I was so lucky to be there. I mean, it was just such a fantastic match. The atmosphere of the crowd was just fantastic and I think just the quality of tennis I mean, nadal Curios, you can't get any better than that. Curios, we've been talking about, has been playing so well this tournament. I thought he played a great match. I think that first set was 7-6 and in the tie break, it was 7-love. I do feel like Nick um, didn't play the best tie break. I feel like he got frustrated but he did a good job of regrouping, coming back, winning that second set, and but then of course Nadal came through in the third, but really barely anything separating the two. It was just a very high-quality match and let's hear from the two men now.
0: Yeah, I asked Nick what he takes away from such a close battle.
2: Well I know that my level is always there. This one hurts because I know that no matches that I played before this are going to get talked about. And it's been a story in my career. I played three bloody good matches, like three really good matches against quality opponents that have been playing and had a pretty good year. I beat one of the guys that had like 60, nearly 60 wins last year. And no one will remember that. And everyone will just remember oh, that time where Kyrgios lost to Rafa in New Wales. The type of personality I am to the sport. People only remember the big matches I played. That's fine. I, I know that I'm staying true to myself. I know that I'm making small improvements. I feel healthy. My feels good i'll just try and continue to be positive and be better and that's it that's all i can do it's all i can control
0: and then nadal was asked what it felt like to be in the middle of a match like that for me it was one more match uh, <laughs> honestly no uh, it's another match of quarterfinals of a master thousand in a big stadium one of the best <coughs> stadiums in the world in front of great crowd great opponent in front so for me it was like this uh, another fighted match uh, that i needed to play to play well, to to go through. I enjoy these kind of matches, uh, I enjoy the challenges, and today I was able to to keep going. And that uh, makes me happy and makes me proud. You know what, Joe? Rafa settled a discussion point that has been floating around for quite a while that he and Kyrgios totally dislike one another. The people can think that uh, we hate each other because what happened in the past is not true at all. I, uh, I, I don't hate him at all, and in some way I, I like him like uh, Uh, a character. And Nick had a lot of respectful things to say about Rafa. And Jill, how exciting is the future of men's tennis when you have the likes of Alcaraz playing?
1: It's extremely exciting. I mean, if anyone has not seen this youngster play, it is worth seeing. I mean, he's got everything. He's one of the fastest players I've seen on the tour. He's very technically sound on both sides. He's got such variety already as someone who's just 18 years of age. He can throw into the drop shot occasionally. He's very comfortable coming to the net. It's not an easy situation for Nori coming back as defending champion. And it was such a high quality match. I mean, every single point was such a grind and both of these guys moving so well but Alcaraz just unbelievably stunning performance.
0: Okay Jill, now to the ladies matches that were played much earlier
1: in the day. Maria Sakari, she was first on at 11 a.m. against Elena Rabakina. That was a great match. Very high on Rabakina. I think she's got such a big serve. She hits huge from the ground. So you really have to be ready um, for those ground strokes to come at you. And Sakari said herself, she was like she knew she had to get Rabakina on the move right away, not to give Rabakina time to set up for the ball. And that's what she did so beautifully today. Got the ball off the court right away, kept looking for her opportunities. And so she came through and straight set 7-5. Six four.
3: I was a little bit nervous. It was my first match on Stadium One, um, so I was uh, I was like a little kid for for a couple of games. But I was you know very um, I had you know faith and belief that I could come back and just uh, obviously Elena is a big hitter. I had to make more balls. I had to make her play. I was not, I didn't not serve well on that second game, so I just tried to find my serve again. I think I did pretty well and just I just you know tried to make it more physical because that's what suits me better and you know. Things turned and things changed. So I'm very happy with the way it went.
1: And then Paula Badosa, the defending champion, the number fifth seed against Veronika Kurdomatova. She had never beaten Kurdomatova before. She was 0-3 on the head-to-head. Made some great adjustments today. So quick around the court, her Court position was up inside the baseline. She got Kurta on the move from the start in so many of those points and just kept the advantage. And she came through in straight 6-3, six, 6-2. Six, this is one of her favorite facilities to play in. And then she added that she tricked herself at the start of the tournament to avoid extra pressure.
4: That was really like um, doing this effort to think about, to think like that and um, <clears throat> to think that I that I won this in October and I didn't want to think that I had so many points to defend. and um, I mean, I just, when I start the year, of course, I have a lot of points and I'm top 10, but I think, uh, I don't get worried that I'm going to have to defend this. I just like, okay, I have to make these points. and. Um, I will try to make them in some tournaments. I don't want to be like scared. I don't want like October to come because I have to win Indian Wells again. I just think if I don't win it there, I have to win points somewhere, somewhere,
0: somewhere else. Thanks, Jill. Let's bring in Nick now. But to Friday's matches, and the men's finish their quarterfinals. Starting at 12 noon California time, Andre Rublev faces Grigor Dimitrov, then Miramar Kismanovich plays Taylor Fritz. Then, not before 6 p.m., it's the women's semi. Simona Halep takes on Igor Svantec, and that'll be followed by Paula Badosa against Maria Sakari. Nick, first of those men's matches.
2: Yeah, we start off with the men, Rublev and Dimitrov. Craig two and two uh, head-to-head. They haven't met so- Beijing, 2019. So I don't think you put too much stock into that head-to-head, especially because Rublev has had such a great come-up since then. This season already, you know, he's won a couple titles. Rublev's looked really good, but I've actually thought that Dimitrov has been so strong this tournament. You know, coming off of a win over John Isner, also took out Alexander Bublik. For Rublev, coming off of that win over uh, Hubert Hurkacz. I think these are two guys who are playing close to the top of their game, so I'm excited to see them uh, face off head-to-head. On the other quarterfinal, you look at Kechmanovic, who has come through this draw, you know, wins over Cilic, Vanden Zanskulp, and then takes out um, Matteo Berrettini in a three set, a really long match. Taylor Fritz is also coming off of a pair of long matches. I actually spoke with Michael Russell, his coach, and he said that he was really happy with Taylor in the fact that he is mentally and physically where they want him to be on the match court. You know, comparing that to the practice court. These guys, they've met a couple times. It's actually Taylor Fritz who has the 2-0 head-to-head. So I would oh, give God. him that little bit of edge. They had the day off on Thursday. Taylor Fritz is gonna have the crowd on his side. Moving on to the women. You mentioned those semifinals. They're playing to get into the championship match. And Paula Bidos is trying to become the first woman to defend this title in 30 years. Martina Navratilova in 1991. We start with Halep and Sviantec, 2-1 to Halep. The last time they met, a 3-6-6-1-6-4 win for Halep at the AO just last year. So you kind of can compare those conditions in Australia to what we have here. Both of these women played extremely well, Halep and Sviantek in their previous matches. Simona trotting past Petra Martic and Iga after she had dropped her first set in her first three matches. She just had no trouble with Maddie Key, 6-1, 6-love. So interested to see how they're going to match up against each other. This is, you know, two players that fare so well on the clay courts. But actually Halep had this to say about Iga, and then let's hear from Sviantek, who was asked to compare playing Simona the first time back in
3: 2019 to now. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Uh, She's very solid, she's constant, so it will be a tough battle. Um, We played only on clay, I think, uh, once in uh, in Melbourne, Uh, but it's a new day, uh, a new match, so um, I'm expecting a tough one. I mean I developed like every aspect of my tennis and my my mind as well and I i feel like I'm a grown-up right now, back then I was so stressed that I'm playing on you know a stadium like Philippe Chartier that I didn't really feel my body properly so um, I mean everything changed honestly and I think that was one of the matches uh, that gave me a lot of that experience uh, And uh, it was a great tournament for me. I made it to the fourth round and I think I was like 18 or something. Um, Yeah and I mean that was the first match basically when I played against such a player as Simona. So um, since then a lot has changed and right now I'm, I'm glad that I'm on that level that I can really play good tennis against players like that.
2: All right, so obviously excited for Halep, Sviantek, but I'm also excited for Bedosa and Zachary. We mentioned how good Iga and Simona are playing. I feel the same way about Paula and Maria. You know, Paula coming in, she's got all this expectation, right, of being the defending champ, just winning here a few months ago. And I thought she was so strong against Kudamotova. You can say the thing same. You can say the same thing about Zachary and Rybakina. They both played on thursday so to come through those matches carry the momentum into the semi they've only faced off once against each other bedosa 1-0 wta finals straight sets that was just a few months ago as well but you know i, I love that we're getting these semi-finals i, I feel like these are the players who are hitting the ball striking the ball so well bedosa and zachary and Tom Hill, we talked to him, the coach of Maria Sacri, and he's saying that he's really happy about the way that Maria continues to learn at every stage. Let's hear from both of them. We're gonna hear from Maria first, and then It's
3: no, It's a challenge, and it's gonna be a very tough match for both of us. To be honest, I haven't really thought about what am I gonna do? Uh, it's something I wanna start thinking of you know, from tomorrow. But I know that she has um, a very, like, a very good game, a very nice serve, a very good forehand, and she likes to, you know, run around and hit that heavy forehand. So I'm just gonna, you know, have a little chat with Tom and see what's uh, what's our tactic against her.
4: She hits very hard the ball and she moves well. As well, she's a fighter. Um, I really see um, sometimes myself on her. Um, I think we play quite um, similar, or we try to do the same things. I remember um, it was really tough, and it was uh, the match was what was two key moments. Um, so yeah, I think I will have to um, fight every ball, um, stay aggressive as well, serve well. She's a good server as well. She's a good mover. So, yeah, I mean, in this round, you just have to try to put your best tennis um, on the table and let's see um, how it goes.
0: That brings to an end this episode of the Tennis Paradise podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening into it and we hope you've been, been enjoying your days at the BNP Paribas Open, which is Tennis Paradise at the Indian Wells Tennis Garden. On behalf of Nick and Jill, thank you again. Till the next day, this is Craig Gabriel.